I'm back. Mr. Reagan. Before I begin this episode, let me just begin by apologizing to my subscribers and, dare I say, friends for disappearing this last month. I had an extensive move from the house I was renting a room in to my new epic loft apartment, which moving has always been a bit of a chore for me, but this was different. This was an ordeal. I also had a lot of work this last month, and, and this is the most important thing, I felt a little redundant lately, and I, I've never wanted to feel as if I'm rehashing the same ideas over and over again. The whole idea of my channel is to present new ideas. Now, I think redundancy is a good way to reinforce ideas, but I never want it to sound repetitive. So I use this time away to reformat my channel a little bit. One major change is that I'm going to consistently produce videos on three different subjects. I will produce at least one video every week on The View. I, I think this show is one of the worst on television. I think it's a propaganda factory for the left, and I think somebody needs to keep them in check. I will also produce at least one video every week on Jordan Peterson. I know Jordan Peterson is sort of the primary subject of my channel anyway, and so I'll probably do at least two videos per week analyzing Jordan Peterson stuff, but I just wanted to establish that as a rule for the channel. The third subject about which I want to do at least one video per week is Donald Trump. I don't do a lot on Trump because I think most of the fake news about him is pointless nonsense not worthy of our time. Russian collusion, obvious nonsense. Now the campaign violation thing, nonsense. But despite believing this is mostly a waste of our time, I do think keeping track of what's going on with Donald Trump is important, and so I will be dedicating some time to that. So I, I have set things up now, production-wise, where I think I can do five to seven videos per week, and I hope to really ramp up the value of every video so you guys are getting something new, thought-provoking, and as always, rational. I want to elevate the production value as much as I can. I bought a new camera and a new computer, and I'm ready to go. So without further ado, here I present to you the inaugural video of my return to YouTube. I hate the view. Mr. Reagan. Okay. So apparently people are still trying to wrap their brains around you know who sit down with Chris Wallace on Fox News. But Chris Wallace said to Trump, yes. you are considered a you seen as a beacon of repression around the world. So instead of taking responsibility for his horrible language that he uses and very racist and fascist and against the press all the time. Let's break this down. Beacon of repression around the world. First of all, what the hell is Chris Wallace asking him that for? The mere act of asking the question gives the opposition, such as these ladies here, ammunition against the president. Secondly, it's absolutely not true. Kim Jong-un is a symbol of repression. Vladimir Putin is a symbol of repression. Trump is only a symbol of repression because of mischaracterizations in the press, smears. If somebody calls an innocent man a murderer, is it fair to characterize him as a beacon of murder around the world? Chris Wallace was, I think, giving the president a chance to defend his character. But I honestly don't even think that kind of mischaracterization should be brought up. I think he also doesn't have the type of self-awareness necessary in terms of this enemy of the people, any enemy of the people. You see dictators all over the world now parroting that phrase, enemy of the yeah, people. You have the president the of Syria saying, guess what, enemy of the people, there's fake news out there. You also have, you know, sort of the right-wing government in, in Poland saying, fake news is a real thing. The president of the United States is saying it. So but these things that this president is doing, very, very dangerous. 
Oh, yeah. Because you know what? Dictators never said anything bad about the press before Donald Trump. It's only now that they realize that the press might be dangerous to their power. It's not like in countries with dictatorships, they actually control the press or kill reporters with whom they disagree. Before Trump, all dictators in this world had beautiful relationships with the free press in their countries. But... Now that Trump is in office, suddenly the press is the enemy of the people and every evil dictator is mimicking what Trump is saying. You know why? Because Trump is the end boss evil dictator. Okay, so not only is this not true, but it seems that this woman is just making up things to make Trump look bad. She seems to just expect her viewers to believe her. The sad thing is, many of them do. Now. I'm not for any kind of legislative enforcement of truth. I don't necessarily think that anybody should be regulated on television at all with regard to what they say. But these kinds of outright lies and propaganda need to be checked in some way or another. That's why I'm going to do my weekly check on The View. Every week I'm going to call these women out. Because th this type of propaganda cannot go unchecked. If the ABC network is not going to check these women, I will. I will be policing them because nobody else is. It's funny, you know, because they're, they're talking about how the press is referred to by Trump as the enemy of the people. And they're talking about how, you know, fake news isn't really a thing. Well, this is fake news. You're talking about how fake news isn't a thing whilst producing fake news. The irony could not be richer. This is horrifying and hilarious at the same time. The reason that Trump says there's fake news, lady, is that there is fake news. This show produces fake news every single day. The fact that he doesn't want to hear the audio of Jamal Khashoggi, I can imagine it's quite brutal given because the manner so in which, brutal. but the manner in which he was slaughtered. Mm -hmm. But again, maybe there should be reflection on what real, how governments really treat enemies of the people in Saudi Arabia and how violent it really is. And I was actually offended by the idea that, oh, we just aren't going to address this. I can't, it's too harsh. The president of the United States of America, a journalist was slaughtered in cold blood and you don't want to address it. That should also concern all of us. Yeah. Well, well the, yeah. He did it address it. He has addressed it many times. The fact that he refuses to connect the two himself yes. to how people respond, because, you know, this is a buildup. Mm -hmm. This is how things build up to slaughtering journalists. Whoopi Goldberg has lost her f***ing mind. This is how they build up. She thinks that if Trump keeps saying that the press lies about him, that eventually it will lead to government executions of journalists. Yeah. You know, and if you think that you actually have nothing to do with this, everybody knows you're wrong. They all know you're wrong. If Trump doesn't think that he's part of the execution of a journalist in Saudi Arabia, then everybody knows he's wrong? <laughs> no, Whoopi. Everyone does not know that he's wrong. In fact, everybody knows that he's right. He doesn't have anything to do with that execution. And you're a lunatic for suggesting that he does. And if you think... It's pronounced think. 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 <laughs> and I want to say, you know, listen, you can only listen and see one thing and believe one thing if you want to, but the real world is encroaching. Things are starting to happen now, and you're starting to see that the world is not just one thing. It is many things. That's the great thing about the country. We are many things, Chow. <laughs> we'll be right back. I'm not exactly sure what Whoopi is saying here. The, the world is not just one thing. It's many things. 
I suspect that what she means here is to suggest that Trump, as a white supremacist, as a misogynist, thinks that the world is only straight white men. But in fact, the world is, quote-unquote, many things. I suspect that Whoopi Goldberg is so actually convinced that Trump is this tyrannical bigot that she doesn't even feel that she needs to explain what she means to her audience. She just expects that people will understand what she means when she says that Trump sees the world as one thing when it is, quote-unquote, many things child. We are many things, child. Uh, you know, as if she's some kind of wizened sage. You are not a wizened sage, Whoopi. You are just a crazy old lady. Well, you know who toured the wildfires in Paradise, California, and gave this fire prevention tip. Take a look. I was with the president of Finland, and he said, we have uh, a much different, we're a forest nation. He called it a forest nation. And they spent a lot of time on raking and cleaning and doing things, and they don't have any problem. And when it is, it's a very small problem. Actually, as you probably know, Finland has a very different uh, atmosphere. They got rain periodically. California doesn't, it doesn't rain much, so raking really isn't going to help. <laughs> just, you know, just being realistic. And the Finnish president said he never suggested uh, raking. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> they focus on this raking thing a lot. They go on about this for several minutes, lambasting the president for saying that raking was a possible solution to wildfires. This is a great example of people who don't like Trump not understanding what he's saying. The idea that Trump is trying to convey is that there are many solutions to avoiding devastating wildfires and that in Finland they have taken several different types of actions to curtail this threat. My ex-girlfriend is actually from Finland and although it is wet there and it does rain, it does get hot and dry in the summers. You do get wildfires, even in Finland. The thing about Trump is that he sometimes will express an idea that he has incorrectly. He might be thinking one thing and then say a word that does not fully express the idea that he's trying to convey. Look, they, they may do some kind of forest maintenance in Finland, like pruning or clearing out brush or some other kinds of methods that have been proven effective in small areas to reduce fire hazards. Trump's shorthand for this kind of forest maintenance might, in his mind, be raking. This goes back to the old, I think, brilliant observation. Trump's critics take him literally and not seriously, and Trump's supporters take him seriously but not literally. In fact, I actually think that, that raking would be an effective solution for preventing wildfires in small areas. Look, Trump's main criticism of California is that the leftist politician, the legislators, are bad. That's his primary message. The message that he's trying to convey is that if California had better people governing it, perhaps we could avoid these types of catastrophes. One problem that we have in California that is extremely severe is the homeless problem. I have just moved downtown and I can tell you that I do not want my girlfriend walking around the streets down here. The homeless people in Los Angeles are not sad victims of circumstance. Most of them are junkies and crazy people who need to be dealt with. Some sympathy should be had for these people, but they are not the angelic victims that the left has consistently portrayed them as over the decades. A lot of these people should be institutionalized. A lot of these people should be dealt with in a way to keep them away from civilized society. I talk to a lot of people in LA, and one thing that I hear consistently is, well, they're really harmless. Okay, they are absolutely not harmless. I have been physically attacked personally by a homeless guy out here. And, 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 and listen, and this is the frustrating thing about being attacked by a homeless person. You really don't want to fight back, and here's why. You don't want to touch them. 
Look, most of these aggressive homeless people are so appalling that you just want to get the heck out of there. And I shouldn't feel like in a major metropolitan area in the United States in 2018 that I have to be chased out of anywhere by a homeless person. I should feel like I can walk safely through any neighborhood I would like to. But that just isn't the case, and this is mainly because of the poor governance of leftist politicians and administrators in California. And I'm digressing a little bit about the homeless people, but it is related. Many fires in California are started by homeless people who set campfires in very dry areas of wilderness in the hills around Los Angeles. If we can get rid of these homeless people, we would actually stop a lot of the wildfires that happen here. When Trump argues that the leftists running California are doing a terrible job, he's right. Look, people love to ridicule Trump. People like to say he's a clown all over the world. The fact that these women spend so much time on this point of ridicule is, to me, disgusting. The people of Finland are, are typically very liberal, okay? They don't like Trump. This is unfortunate. We need people around the world to respect our country and to respect our government and to respect our president. For these women to jump on board this type of ridicule is not only disloyal to the president, but disloyal to every single person that voted for him. It also undermines the respect that everyone should have for our country and all the benefits that we have enjoyed since Trump has been elected president. Like. I can understand if Trump were devastating the country, if the economy was in the toilet, if there was some imminent threat of war, if terrorism was rampant, if there were all kinds of crime in the US. If there were some major problems that were affecting enormous numbers of people in the country, I could understand this hypercriticism of every little thing that Trump says and does. But since everything seems to be amazing in America right now, maybe don't focus so much on Trump's misstatements. Maybe just talk about other stuff that is of some real concern and leave Trump alone. But you know what? That wouldn't fulfill the agenda of the view people. They want to convince their audience that the election of Trump was the apocalypse, and we are in a post-apocalyptic Mad Max-style world where we're fighting every day for our survival. Yeah, it looks like you five women are suffering desperately under the horrible dictatorship that is the Donald Trump regime. All I need him to do is shut <laughs> up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try not to be too rude. I'm sorry, what? Okay, Whoopi, look, I know you're supposed to be a comedian, but I think that kind of sarcasm is going to be lost on most of the viewers of your show there. I try not to be too rude, but you know what? People lost their lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Families lost their homes. Yep. This is not a joke. Well, raking, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Raking is not funny to people in California. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is not cute, you know, this idea. And if you don't know this... If you really don't know this, man, everybody needs to start rethinking what you're saying and how you're saying it because you sure don't give a damn about the people in California. This old bitch has actually convinced herself that what Donald Trump said was offensive and insulting and disrespectful. She's actually riled herself up to anger by talking about this. You've probably seen people do this before. They'll talk themselves into a frenzy. This often happens with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband or a wife. You know, they'll get mad about something and then, then the more they discuss it, the more angry they'll get about it as they start to realize how much more angry they should be because the thing that they're mad about is actually so much more terrible than they first thought. Um, you know, now that they're really thinking about it. This is exactly what Whoopi's doing here, except, except She's doing it about something that is not actually terrible. The way she's explaining it makes it seem to her like it's a terrible thing in her crazy mind and now she's getting genuinely angry about it. Whoopi, Trump just said that in Finland they do a better job of containing wildfires than they do in California. Whatever, it's not that huge of a deal, lady. 
Raking is not funny to people in California. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Raking is not funny to people in California. No. You don't really see what's going on until you come here, says Trump. And what we saw at Pleasure, not Paradise, Pleasure, what a name, what a name right now, he goes. What, what we just saw, we just left Pleasure. And someone says to him, it's Paradise, California. And then he, oh yeah, Paradise. He doesn't even know the name of the place. Well, that's what, what I want him to say. You know what? I'm glad you brought this up because if Donald Trump makes any mistakes, however insignificant, it's very important that nasty old women on talk shows ruthlessly berate him for it. If his brain, for whatever reason, has a little moment and can't quite remember the name of the place that he's at, well, we might as well impeach him. What a horribly disrespectful thing to do. It's. It's not like Barack Obama would ever do anything like that. Your outstanding mayor, Brian Higgins, is here. What? Byron Brown. That's, I, I would, I'm sorry, Byron. What I meant was your congressman, Brian Higgins, is here. Your mayor, Byron Brown, is here. This is what happens when you get to be 52 years old. Oh, yeah, wait. Well, but that's different, see, because, well, Barack Obama's good, and Trump is the end boss of evil dictators, so. And, I mean, you, Joy Behar, have never made any mistakes, so it makes sense that you would lambast Trump for this. The truth is, I I'm terrible at names. I, I can't think of anybody's name ever. I forget the name of my best friend, Kurt, sometimes. That's not a joke. So, you know what? I, I don't give a sh Somebody needs to impeach Joy Behar from national television. Okay, one of the funniest comedians working today has been busy trying to unite the country on her series I Love You America and helping Ralph break the internet on the big screen. Please welcome the lovely and talented Sarah Silverman. <laughs> so, my dear, on, you know, you have a new show, I Love You America, which is very much <laughs> so, the kumbaya, right? We're trying to find out what the other side is thinking, right? You go into Trump country. Yeah, I mean, the, we do field pieces where I, you know, like I had a family dinner with a very conservative Republican family. And, you know, we always leave thinking the same. Oh, there they are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Thinking the same thing, like, oh, they're pretty, I love them, they're nice, you yeah. know? I mean, we don't think we change each other's minds particularly, except for about each other and being able to get along. I think she is learning that they're not evil, but they're not learning anything about Democrats. They, they knew that you were a well-meaning but ignorant, out-of-touch Hollywood type before you ever showed up. But I also speak truth to power. I'm opinionated right. and the monologues are are pretty I don't I distinguish between the liars and the lied to she thinks she distinguishes between the liars and the lied to but what she doesn't realize is that she is the lied to I always think it's a bit painful and a bit funny when people are absolutely convinced that they are the educated one and they are smugly trying to explain something to you but but you know they're completely wrong the whole time oh Papa Homer you are so learned <laughs> Learned, son. It's pronounced learned. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. I don't like liars, and I don't feel like I need to be open. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is a critical revelation from Sarah Silverman. She does not believe that she has to be open. The problem with this kind of thinking is that she is unquestioningly convinced that she knows who the liars in this world are. Because of this hubris, she feels justified in closing her mind off to those whom she is convinced are lying to her. The problem is, many of these people are not lying to her. They're telling her the truth. 
but, but she's closed her mind off to their ideas because of her arrogant assumption that her perception of everybody and everything is 100% accurate. Now, I've seen Sarah Silverman's show. It's it's pretty random, but the aspect that she's using to promote her show is her going into the homes of conservatives, sort of confronting the enemy on their home court. Now this sounds beautiful. Let's get a leftist and a conservative family together and have a respectful conversation and learn about each other. In fact, it's such a good idea, I might actually make it part of this show, but she's not really doing that. That's the pitch, okay? That's what she's telling you she's doing. The reality is she's carefully choosing the types of conservatives that she's visiting. These tend to be people who are not extremely well-educated with regard to politics. They're not complete idiots. They're smart enough to vote Republican, but they haven't examined every issue in detail. And most people are like this. Most people on the left are like this, and most people on the right are like this. That's because we can't all focus on politics all the time. We have jobs. We have families. We have other obligations. We want to do fun things. And although many of us feel an obligation to educate ourselves about politics, generally we don't have the time to delve into the details of every issue. So what most people do is that they find some fundamental ideas that they believe in and they make a determination about which side they think aligns best with those values. And then they tend to vote that way 100% without really knowing everything about all the issues. And that's fine. That's kind of how things have to be. So what Sarah Silverman has done with her show is that she's exploited this reality. She hasn't gone into the homes of people who are better educated than she is about politics. She's gone into the homes of people who are poorly educated about politics. This will make her appear in every episode to be intellectually superior, and it will make her seem right all of the time. This is not an objective look at typical conservative voters. It's meticulously orchestrated propaganda. I actually suspect that the families she visited probably did make some powerful arguments, but they just didn't make it into the final program. I can't imagine that Sarah Silverman or the producers of the show had the family owned her in any way. I, I can't imagine that they would have left that in the final cut. I'm 100% sure they cut out just about every rational, convincing, conservative argument that was made. I, I would love, I would love to see Sarah Silverman spend an evening with my family back home in Oregon. I would love to see her talk to my dad for one hour. I would love to see her speak to any family of conservatives who are truly well-educated about politics. I would love to watch as she floundered on every single issue as they systematically destroy every political view that she has, because that is exactly what would happen if she spent the day with my family back home and had a long political discussion with my father. He would destroy her. So although Sarah Silverman presents herself as this objective intellectual who's graciously visiting people with contrary political ideas, what she's actually doing is trying to make herself look right. Sarah's show sounds beautiful. It sounds like an attempt to bridge the divide between left and right, but this is merely a well-told lie. This is the hook to get you to watch. After that, she intentionally misleads the audience into believing that her ideas are superior to those of whatever podunk redneck family she has condescended to visit. Make no mistake, her show is meticulously orchestrated propaganda. He gave himself an A-plus rating, by the way. Do you agree with that? No. <laughs> he would like to it to, it to have been even higher. Is anything higher than an A? No, but His there's something lower than an A. is absolutely yeah. bizarre and fascinating if it wasn't so infuriating that he hurts people right. in yeah. their lives. I love. You know what? 
It's actually offhand remarks like this which annoy me more than the bigger, better-defined accusations against Trump and people on the right generally. Sarah Silverman said Trump's perception of himself would be fascinating if he didn't hurt people. So she hasn't accused Trump of hurting people. She has merely said that he does to support another point, as if this is common knowledge, as if it's an absolute fact, as if it's an axiomatic, self-evident truth undisputed by anyone in the world. These little side comments are to me far more damaging to the public's perception of reality than the bigger, better defined accusations. Clear accusations are easily targeted and often disputed. These little off-the-cuff remarks, you know, well, because Trump hurts people, they're often missed by anyone who might disagree because it's a difficult thing to extract an off-the-cuff remark, you know, pointed out and fully disputed. It's just not something that is easy for most people to do. It's awkward. People don't know how to do it. And so the viewers of a show like this, they hear these remarks constantly throughout the program, and it eventually becomes their way of thinking about it too. And now they believe these things unquestioningly, just like Sarah Silverman. It's like the expression, death by a thousand cuts, except it's manipulation of the public by a thousand cuts. It's much easier to defend a large, obvious single attack than it is to defend against these 1,000 tiny, seemingly insignificant attacks. You have to do it every day. You have to train yourself not to jump to the conclusion, but to like meander to it, yeah. you know, as opposed to just going, oh, that's what it is. It's like, no, what is it? Whoopi Goldberg should write a book of advice to people with opposing political views to hers. She should then read this book and she should take all of the advice. Can we move to something very happy? Yes, please. You got a star on the Walk of Fame. Congratulations. Wonderful. What was the best part about winning it? Well, I... Um, I, I'm right next to Mr. Rogers. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I, that's great. I oh. couldn't believe it that forever I get to be his neighbor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is the man that taught me that there's that I'm the only one in the whole world qualified to be me. Yes. You know, and, and that I deserve love just as I am. Yeah. And uh, uh-huh. I'm grateful for that. I hope she realizes Mr. Rogers was a lifelong Republican. We have to talk about your new movie because it was so much fun. Like I'm listening to you and I'm, I'm listening to Vanellope. Right? Uh, yeah, she's all the way up. She's all yeah. the way up. Such a great, um, um, a, a great character. And you said that one of the reasons you were so interested in it is because she empowers girls. Vanellope though is my type of princess and I think for so many girls listen sweatpants isn't perfect all the time and there was an internet uh, the internet went crazy when a clip was released a trailer where Vanellope's talking to the other traditional princesses how did that unfold I loved it so much I just love that Disney was game to do this I mean look at that it's this so good. Makes a glass shipper a slipper a shiv <laughs> um, this little scene is actually the thing that I hate most about the whole Wreck-It Ralph world there is a ton of leftist feminist propaganda BS throughout the original film. I haven't seen the new one, and obviously Sarah Silverman is a strong leftist, and I can't stand just about anything she thinks about anything. But this little clip, this this thing about the Disney princesses and them all being these action hero feminists who reject the idea of being rescued by a handsome prince. Do people assume all your problems got solved because a big strong man showed up? Yes! What is up with that? She, she is, is a princess! <laughs> Essentially, it steps on the grave of Walt Disney. Here's the thing about modern-day feminism, both hardcore feminism and, let's call it, feminism light. 
I have always been attracted to strong women. And let me just say also as an aside that none of the strong women that I have dated were ever feminists, all right? Most other women hated them, in fact. So most of the strong women that I have known, especially girlfriends, have been radically against feminism. But that's actually beside the point. The point I wanted to make is this. No matter how strong a woman is that I have dated, they inevitably want to be the weaker of the two of us, the submissive one. That sounds strange to some people. Why would anybody want to be weaker? That's because women want to feel as though they are being taken care of. They want to be with a man who makes them feel safe, physically. They want to be with somebody who can keep them warm at night. They want somebody to make them feel special. They want to be with somebody who makes them feel as though they are being taken care of. I mean, the, the truth is this. We'd all like to feel as though we're being taken care of. But men, being physically stronger than women, it has been since the dawn of time our responsibility to take care of them. So, we men, we don't get that luxury. We don't get to be taken care of, but that's okay. That's the world that we live in, and we are willing to sacrifice this luxury. This is because we do get something out of this too. We feel a sense of pride in being able to take care of a woman. We feel a sense of usefulness. We feel strong. We feel like a man. A woman needs to feel smaller than her man. She needs to feel cuter than the guy she's with. That's why sometimes average girls will reject very handsome men. No woman wants to walk into a room and all eyes are on her guy. They want all eyes on her. So my point is this. Society, and by society I mean leftist society, has encouraged women to act tough. So now you've got all these women who act super tough and independent, but when you get them home, they're like baby birds. They're delicate, cute little things who are 100% submissive and 100% dependent on a man. And, and men don't necessarily hate that. So, so why, why lie? They lie for other women. They lie because leftist society has ridiculed the submissive nature of women so harshly and for so long that women in Western civilization, by default, put on a facade of independence and toughness. Now, there are some actually very tough women. They, they work on farms and they're in the military and stuff. But this isn't who I'm talking about. We're talking about women who would naturally be focused on competing with other women for a man, having children, building a family and a home and doing the lovely feminine things that women love doing. But because leftist society tells them that that's wrong, they all act like middle management all the time. And women tend to do dominance wrong. I often hear feminists say, when a man bosses people around, he's assertive. When a woman does it, she's a bitch. Okay, well, maybe the reason that you see that pattern is because when men boss people around, they do it respectfully. And when women do it, they, they act bitchy. The truth is, lots of times, men don't do it right either. And in those cases, we call those men so, no, there's no double standard. Whatever man or woman or gender non-conforming entity happens to be bossing people around, if they're doing it right, they're loved. And if they're doing it wrong, they're hated. So now Disney has taken beloved characters that many, many children around the world have grown up watching, and they've distorted them for their own political aims to be bitchy feminists, ungrateful to any men who might have helped them in their lives. Great message for kids, Disney. Thanks. Walt Disney era Disney movies are ethical, they're pure, they're charming things. So of course leftist Hollywood wants to destroy them. On a side note, the most egregious case of this in my view is the total corruption of the Star Wars universe. When these smug, self-righteous producers in Hollywood today distort a cultural icon, 
They distort something that is beloved by people everywhere. When they manipulate these stories and characters to advance their own political ideas, that, in my mind, is cultural theft. Typically, somebody who dresses up as an Indian for Halloween is merely trying to have fun. He or she is putting on a mask, a costume. They're, they're differentiating themselves from their regular persona. There's nothing good or bad about that. It's a neutral act of dressing up. However, the same maliciousness that these leftists are claiming about the people who are dressing up as Indians for Halloween, they themselves are 100% guilty of this, and far, far worse. They're not just taking a generic costume of a culture and saying, haha, look at this culture, aren't they silly? Which is essentially the accusation of cultural appropriation. No, it's far worse. They're taking beloved characters from American and European fiction, and they're distorting them in such a way that it says, this culture is wrong, it's unethical, it's backwards, it's archaic, it's primitive. Not only that, but they're broadcasting these ideas throughout the world using the most influential medium of communication ever devised. A guy goes to a Halloween party and what, 30 or 40 people see him? Millions upon millions of people will see this movie. Not just people, children. They're trying to infect the minds of our children. They take the most vulnerable among us, the most malleable, and they try, try to manipulate them so that the next generation is infected with their ideas. Ideas that are 100% negative, vulgar, disrespectful, and with total disregard for all the people who love the fictions that Walt Disney developed out of these ancient European stories. And all the tropes that Disney was partially responsible for creating, the tiny waist, the saved yeah. by a, you know, damsel in distress, the saved by a man, the very whiteness of it. Oh dear, whiteness, we can't have that. Let me tell Sarah Silverman something. Walt Disney was not responsible for whiteness. Whiteness was here long before Walt Disney was. Let me tell you something else. Walt Disney was not responsible for tiny waists. Believe it or not, I know this may sound crazy. Walt Disney did not create men's perception of beauty. People have been dieting and working out since the beginning of recorded history. In fact, I imagine they've been doing this since before recorded history. Okay. <laughs> so the idea, I guess, is that Walt Disney was sitting there behind his desk thinking... How can I create an image of a woman that will make most women feel terrible about themselves for the remainder of human existence? <laughs> no, that's not what he did. What he did was he thought, how do I make princesses attractive to these little boys and girls so the little boys want to marry them and the little girls want to be them? I know, I'll take contemporary conventional perceptions of beauty and I'll try to reproduce that in these illustrated characters. Look, Sarah, Men just like what they like. Blaming Walt Disney for all guys not finding all women attractive is just insane. And apparently, according to Silverman and people like her, those of us who, who love Walt Disney and who respect him and feel as though their lives have been made better by his creations, well, we're all apparently just the dolts that he's cleverly manipulated. Okay, this is particularly annoying because it's not just ugly and vicious, it is 100% untrue. So that is the end of the Sarah Silverman segment. The rest of the episode, ironically, was taken up by, wait for it, shopping. <laughs> now, The View tailors their show to women, obviously. So oftentimes, the people producing the show and the ladies on The View are stuck with contradicting messages. On the one hand, they, they want to entice women to watch and like the show. So they, they had to put things on the show that are traditionally 
culturally female things, like, like shopping. On the other hand, they, they feel like they have this feminist propaganda thing where they, they have to contradict traditional gender roles. And so they bring people on like Sarah Silverman and then they complain about the patriarchy or toxic masculinity or one of these stupid things. But at the end of the day, they are tailoring the show to women. So what do you think was in the shopping segment? <laughs> they had an oversized pink sweatshirt. They had um, oversized colorful coffee mugs. They showcased hot sauce bath products and a travel bag um, and also some stylish sunglasses. They were essentially showcasing stuff for the kitchen, stuff for the bathroom, and fashion accessories. You don't get much more traditionally female than that. They weren't selling car parts, they weren't showcasing sporting equipment. They specifically presented to their audience products that were all traditionally female. So when it comes down to the bottom line, they're perfectly willing to accept traditional gender roles. But during the show, they have to, to cut them down as if they're some kind of evil, oppressive thing. So yes, I hate this show. And for that reason, I'm going to watch it every single day. I'm going to collect clips of the show that I think are the most egregious, the biggest lies, the most detrimental to our society. And I'm going to showcase them here on my channel. And I'm going to call out the ladies every week in a segment that I'm going to dedicate specifically to The View. Well, that's it for me. Thanks for watching. If you like this video, give me a thumbs up. If you want to see more like this, please subscribe. And if you hate me, you're probably just irritable right now because Joy Behar exists in the world. I'm sorry for that. We're all sorry for that. Good night. I got one done, finally. Gee whiz. Oh, hey, guess what? There's a young girl that's uh, middling attractive that swears a lot. <laughs> Let's get her. What? Is that the new f thing? Yeah. Sarah Silverman. Hysterical. Right. Who's funnier than her? Nobody. No, except dudes. But Nobody. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs>